Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. So that said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. So one of the things consulting firms look for is obviously your analytical skills. And well, well, this question never really comes up directly, you know, you're really going to ask, tell me about your analytical skills, because that's why the case is there, right? I think that it's important that even though you're not asked about this question directly, you find a way to address it in your fit. So, you know, if people ask, you know, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? You know, it's like asking you, you know, do you have analytical skills? And you need to address it. You are going to address it in your case anyway. So, you know, I think you're going to prove to them you have the skills. But I think sometimes it's worthwhile to bring it up in the fit as well. I do test these skills to see whether people are aware of the analytical skills or the definition of analytics, even though I'm going to give them a full case or a series of cases. And I think it's important people be able to address this and address this correctly. So this kind of question is obviously more, I would think, important for someone who doesn't have an analytical background. And I'm going to be very clear on this. It is assumed if you understand, if you have a quantitative background, you are more analytical. It is assumed. Nine times out of 10, the person with mathematical background or a scientific background tends to be more analytical than the person who does not have a quantitative background. Nine times out of 10. I think it's dropping. I would say maybe seven times out of 10. But having a quantitative background does not make you analytical in the least. I've spent many, many evenings and coffee discussions talking to people with engineering degrees, PhDs in engineering, PhDs in the sciences and so on, who they're not analytical, actually. They just happen to have a good math background. So what, what makes you analytical? Let's just start off there, right? Being quantitative does not make you analytical. Being quantitative means you can solve quantitative equations. Right? It doesn't make you analytical. And I think you must just, I would say, divorce yourself of that assumption. Being analytical means that you carefully think through your arguments. You carefully think through what you're trying to do and ensure that you are both answering the question that is presented to you and you are answering the right question, right? And that is a skill that is not exclusive to people with quantitative backgrounds. I mean, lawyers that I've interviewed and the ones that are really, you know, outstanding, top of their class, tend to be very analytical. I've interviewed analytical people with arts backgrounds, with history backgrounds, literature backgrounds, music backgrounds, you know, people who studied basically any field from nursing to poetry to literature to commerce and so on. So the point is that to prove you're analytical, you should not just bring up your math skills or the fact that you can build Excel. That doesn't make you analytical. Huh? And you'll be shocked how many people, when they talk about their analytical skills, they bring out their math skills, how they built an Excel model at Goldman Sachs that could measure moving bond averages or the dispersal rate on bond yield curves and so on. It doesn't really impress me. All it tells me they can build an Excel model. It doesn't tell me they're analytical. Now, if you want a really good answer to prove you're analytical, this answer is pretty much guaranteed, right? It's weight, it's worth in gold. You can never fail with this answer. When someone talks about your analytical skills, you immediately distinguish between being good at math and being analytical. An example of that would be if someone asked me about, you know, let's assume I went for an interview and someone asked you, hey, Michael, we do look for analytical people, and obviously you're going to test this in the case, but maybe you can talk us through how you've applied your analytical thinking. Well, 
the way I do it, and this is the way I answer it, say, well, the first thing I'm going to do is that you can see on my resume, I've built a lot of financial models and economic models. And I know for a fact that being able to solve math problems and being able to build Excel models, while it's a useful skill and alludes to being analytical, it does not mean you're analytical. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about how I used the models and the output from the models to challenge some of the key assumptions in the project to disprove a very costly assumption for the client, okay? And basically the project I want to talk about is how we're helping a client either choose to make an investment today in capital assets or defer the investments 10 years into the future. And the client basically told us that, look, you know what? We should defer the investments because we can sweat these assets even further than we want to. And you know, basically I built this whole model looking at the maintenance costs and the historical maintenance costs and so on. And I think it was quite a sophisticated model because from what we had seen, the client had, no one had actually had this US-wide picture to compare the maintenance costs at all the uh, maintenance hangers for this airline across their 23 different maintenance sites. So we put in all the data and the model was confirming what the client was saying. The model was basically saying, you know what? If we defer the investment, our maintenance costs are going to go down. And it took me a long time to figure this out. I realized the model was right, but we were asking the wrong question of the model. We were putting in data from the client, right? The client had always deferred maintenance costs since about 19, probably 85. And clearly the data, which would not show us an increase in maintenance because we hadn't been through a 20-year period to see what would happen to maintenance after the deferment period. So using the client data was incorrect. It was skewed. They hadn't seen the outcome of adopting this strategy. So what I told the client is, okay, the model says this, but the model is testing the wrong thing. What we need to do is look at another aviation company that followed your strategy. But an aviation company that had followed the strategy far enough back in the past for us to see the implication of following that strategy. And we looked at Delta Airlines, actually. We modeled Delta Airlines maintenance costs. And what we could see is that Delta Airlines maintenance costs peaked. I mean, they basically mushroomed after year 15 because all of the uh, asset upgrades that they deferred were showing through in these enormous maintenance costs that they were incurring. And I mean, that for me is the definition of being analytical. It's not just using the numbers that come out and following the model. It's thinking about whether the model is asking the right question. Now, I'm going to stop there because that's a simple example, but it is a very powerful example. If you stand there and tell me you're analytical because you built a model, that doesn't mean you're analytical. You're analytical because you think through the implications of the numbers the model is generating, and you think through the implications of what you've built the model to do. Any Excel model is designed to ask a question. No one can argue that fact. If you ask the wrong question, you get the wrong result. And basically what I'm doing in this answer is showing them, look, I understand analytics is more than building models and being you know, savvy or being able to flirt with an Excel spreadsheet. It's being able to use the outcomes to answer difficult questions and to challenge conventional wisdom. And this has been my strategy as a consultant. You know, People always build these fancy models and they always tell me, you know, I can build a model there from analytical, but they cannot have a basic conversation. You know, Some people, I remember once one client they were telling me about this person they had working on their payroll, and he's the master model builder. He's built a model that can measure just about everything, you know. Basically, they made it sound like he was God, and he's built this phenomenal model. So I said, yeah, I want to see the model. So I looked at the model. It was, it was impressive, I would say, by what he was trying to do, but I felt it was trying to answer every single question in this company. This was like a 
80 billion dollar conglomerate in Mexico. So they were like a monster, right? With their hands in all parts of the economy, some insurance and so on. And this model was trying to do everything. So we sat down with the guy and I said, okay, what question does your model answer? First question. And he said, well, I don't understand. The model is a model. And he goes in this long soliloquy about how the model is perfect. He spent years working. And he did. He spent, I think, seven years working on this model. And that's all he does. He's on the payroll to build this model. And I said, okay, that's, that's not what we're asking. We're saying that what question does the model answer? You know, it's built for a reason. What is the reason? And he said, well, it's meant to answer any question you have. And that's just the point. The, the model that he built answers every question and therefore answers no question. And you know, that's the difference between being quantitative and being analytical. You're quantitative when you can build a model. You're analytical when you know why you're building the model and you know what to do with the results. And if you can answer this question by finding a way to say, you know what, I've built a model, but I understand that is just being quantitative. That's not being analytical. I want to talk to you about how I use the model to answer some very difficult questions for the client. You cannot go wrong with that answer. That's an answer that I would think would impress anyone. And it's an answer that shows a deep amount of maturity on your side. So when you have time, practice it. If you're not sure how to do it, you can always type up the response and I'll be happy to look at it. You know, as always, I'm very happy to talk and respond to any questions you have. Thank you. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on firmsconsulting.com. It's the only way also to get access to our unique advanced content that we make available to insiders. So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.